Welcome in to another exciting edition of 11 Personnel. I'm Nick Roush, joined as always by my good pal Adam Luckett, who is ready to rip and roar all the way down to the Grove to check out, to watch the Wildcats take down the 14th ranked Rebels at Ole Miss. Luckett, on a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are we two days before you? Is it a day before you you rolling out Thursday or Friday? Friday morning. Leave the Luckett house Friday morning. Uh, pretty pumped, Nick. Like, this is this is the good stuff. Like, this is why we do this. Uh, pretty excited to get down there, see Oxford for the first time. First ever time for me being in the great state of Mississippi. Whoa. And, and so I'm just, I'm just excited. I'm really excited to see all the Kentucky fans down there. I just – more so than the tailgate, I hate the – it's just going to ruin Friday night. And Friday night is usually my favorite part of these road trips. So that stinks. But other ruin, than that, well, like it. We not ruin, but it won't be the same. It won't be the same. I mean, I speak for yourself. I remember <laughs> a noon kickoff on New Year's Day last year, and I was ripping and roaring late. Um, what what excuse do you have? That's true. Getting back to the hotel is my biggest worry. Um, we're about thirty miles out. Oh yeah. So I'm gonna have to figure all that out. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's not the same. You're right. It's a little different. Yeah, but I do have a buff uh, breakfast buffet at the hotel again, like I had in the Citrus Bowl, which was a game changer. Yeah, um, there in the morning. So that will be uh, that. The Hampton Inn will uh, hopefully have a nice little spread Ooh, for me to get the. That's day a started. good one. Yeah, I was speaking with somebody who got a spot in Oxford, and uh, you know, quality inns don't have the most quality reviews. But <laughs> like, man. The one thing that is high quality at the quality inn, that breakfast bar, they get the sausage. Really, if you just put sausage gravy on your breakfast bar, you got me sold. Just cover yeah. it on everything. Like, Biscuits, gravy, and then sausage links. That's all I need. Yeah. Get, you oh. get that, and then we're ready we're ready I'm, to go to town. And, like, unlimited coffee. Like, I want my mouth yeah. to be sweating. It's so dry because I've just dehydrated. I'm full of um, – you know, white beer and black coffee. Let uh, Waffle Maker is a kid's game. Let, let, let that dumb mess with it. Just give me <laughs> coffee black, saucers link, some biscuits and gravy, and boom, ready to go. One, one thing I have never tried, but I, 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 it probably wouldn't be bad, is to do the gravy over the Waffle Maker. Like, to, to like you never think to do it, but I would think that it would be like you get little pockets of sausage gravy held in the waffle. That sounds you're, like a- you're really getting into the Mississippi here. Uh, like, I'm pretty sure. I- hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I can find a restaurant down there that that, that does that. Um, Nick, I've heard a lot of people are stopping in Memphis for barbecue, um, which is a genius. I don't know why I didn't think of that, but genius. If you're doing that, I highly recommend Interstate Barbecue. Um, excellent, excellent. When I had it in 2017, I know Rendezvous is kind of the big place for the ribs, but Interstate Barbecue from top notch, yeah, pound for pound, that's the best I've ever had. I'm a, I'm a I'm a Owensboro mutton guy, and also Carolina Gold. I love mustard based things. Uh, my son likes to say "Ew, Dad, mustard," but I I don't care. I love it. Um, 
either way, I don't think you can go wrong. I know a lot of folks are doing, uh, as you said, like the stopping in Memphis or Friday night. Never been to Beale Street, but I would imagine that's a good time as well. Beale Street's fun. Probably the best Tim Roof I've ever been to is on Bill Street. Oh, wow. That's a compliment right there. So if you're looking for a local Tim Roof, that, go to that. That one's pretty pretty nice. 2017, Sweet 16, Final Four, or Sweet 16 Elite Eight, the Luke yeah. May game. I was down there. Um, it was fun until that shot, but God. Memphis, good time. Love Memphis. Well, it's going to be a good time at Ole Miss this Saturday when the Cats head down to the Grove. Noon kickoff, 11 local time. Look, it, the game did, in fact, sell out, but I just loved, 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 loved all of the just public shots that Ole Miss was taking at its fans for sucking. Like, they are, they were begging for people to go to this football game, and they still kind of are. I, it just It's hilarious to me. They're pulling out all the gimmicks, and it still just became a shutout. Uh, a few days before kickoff. Yeah, I'm fascinated to see how many Kentucky fans are down there. I think there's going to be a lot, and I don't think um, – I think Ole Miss fans are going to be surprised by how many Kentucky fans are there. Like, this is – this game has been circled in Sharpie for a lot of people here. And so I, I'm very excited to see how it shakes out. It's reminiscent of all of the LSU fans that made their way up last year, except that I feel like the home team – Kentucky fans were juiced for that LSU game. I don't get the same feeling no. from the Ole Miss fan yeah. base. Like, there's very much a like, we stink, but we're still going to win kind of vibe I'm getting from them. Yeah, I don't think we're very good, but it's Kentucky. We're going to win by 14, which is the vibe that Kentucky gets every time they go to South Carolina, mm-hmm. which is the vibe they get every time against Florida. And then Ole Miss, uh, <laughs> if it, ha- you know, just like South Carolina. Johnny Gamecock or Ronnie Rebel is going to walk out. How did we lose to Kentucky? What is going on? And it just, it never ends. It never changes. Never ends. NFL quarterback? No. Nope. How did we lose to Kentucky? <laughs> and so maybe they'll be saying that around 2.30 local time in Oxford. I love that. Johnny Re- Johnny Gamecock and Ronnie Rebel. <laughs> <laughs> we got, we got to bring out Ronnie Rebel more often. Like That was, that was pretty good. <laughs> Um, and let's, let's dive into the reasons why Ole Miss thinks fans think they stink. Um, where do you want to start with that? We could either start with our quarterback or we could start with all the guys that are hurt. Yeah, I think quarterback's the elephant in the room here. Um, Jackson Dart was kind of, Nick, we go back to his recruiting ranking. Like, I, he wasn't an afterthought, but he was kind of a lo- lower fringe four-star, I believe, going into the senior year. Had a monster senior season, and then um, Scotty Services fell in love with him. He becomes a top 100 prospect. He goes to USC. USC's a train wreck. Keaton Slovis gets hurt. He gets to start three games last year. I mean, he was very up and down. Um, you look at him as a prospect. There's a lot of tools and, like, playmaking ability, but the questions are playing within structure. Um, and decision-making. Uh, he's going to make some highlight plays, but he's also going to make some mistakes, and he's got to learn. And so far, that's when Lane Kiffin has had him on a short leash. Hasn't thrown the ball more than 30 times in a game yet for a team that is averaging right at 75 snaps a game and wants to run tempo. Like They're, they're just not letting him rip it. Um, when they let, they gave Corral a lot, of, a lot of free run, I think you're seeing a lot. Like They're running RPOs, Nick, but I think a lot of them are probably – Design gifts. Um, maybe not wanting him making a lot of decisions out there. Um, so for him, he's a wild card. Like, he's got a lot of potential, and he's got – he can make big-time throws. 
So you could see him really like like carrying Ole Miss to a win, or I could see him just throwing the ball to Kentucky a lot. Um, and you could see Kentucky with I wouldn't be surprised like would be shocked if Kentucky had like three interceptions in this game. Um, if it gets to the point where Dart's having to drop back, we heard Mark Stoops talk like allude to it. Um, there's not much true drop back game at Ole Miss right now. It's run heavy and play action and QB pull on the zone read. Um, that's really what they're doing on offense. So for Kentucky, it's all going to be about stopping the run. Yeah, and you're making, you you have to make Dart beat you. I think Kentucky, the, the plan is um, get into the second half, turn this into a Levis versus Dart match, and Kentucky feels very, very, very confident that they, they're going to win that kind of game. A Dart match? Yeah, <laughs> I, I could throw some old darts around. Uh, yeah. Okay, shout out to old campus pub. Uh, that was a great place to drink in college, and like you know, it's a free activity throwing darts at a board. Um, and you brought up the rushing game. He had a buck sixteen on the ground last week, and it was the most significant snaps he had gotten to that point. But a lot of it's because he did bust off a couple long runs. Um, so like he is. Uh, a weapon of sorts, but it's not like this isn't Anthony Richardson back there where you really gotta yeah. be. He's an athlete though; he can run, he can run around. And what's dangerous is they play with so much space, so um, he can get in big patches of grass and go for a little bit. Um, so well, they're, they're might, they're, they might have to like your linebackers are gonna have to be careful when defending the run and not you know you're gonna have to respect the pull aspect of Dart's game. I, I think the part that gives me confidence in Kentucky is that you, you alluded to it earlier. He's played in what, like six games, maybe uh, six, the seventh games. career start. The right. And he was, seventh start. he was dividing time too, with Luke Altmaier in those first couple of games as well. Yeah. So well, I can, like you're going up against, I, I know that they do use space to put stress on you, but like, can't you just see a scenario where Jacquez Jones just starts messing with him? Right. We're like, him and Square are showing him stuff pre-snap just to try to get him to throw the football to that slant and then jump into a passing lane. Is yeah. th- This is a very experienced Kentucky secondary. And yeah. the part where I think you can exploit it is by just suckering those inexperienced safeties down and then getting the play-action pop shot. But even then, like, Dart doesn't scare me that much in the vertical passing game, and neither do any of the – I mean, like, Jordan Watkins, he doesn't really scare me. Yeah. Mingo's a big guy. But he's not a burner, right? Like I like Keaton Smith in that lineup as well. They're slow at receiver. They're slow. Uh, Jalen Robinson is their field stretcher. UCF transfer. He's been hurt. Um, that's the one guy that worries me in this game, getting behind Kentucky defense. But Malik Heath and Mingo, I don't like that. They're not I, – I don't worry about them getting deep on a post, right, um, behind you off play action. where It's a lot of like RPO glance and fades that they're throwing to these guys. Um, Mingo had a long touchdown in the last game. It was terrible tackling um, by the Tulsa cornerback in two minutes. He just made a cutback, and no one was home. Similar to Florida, there's the receivers just don't scare you at Ole Miss. I mean, it's just point blank. They just don't scare you. <laughs> you know, Michael Trigg is probably the one big matchup issue, and he's not been great to start this year. Yeah. It, former, he, hasn't, he hasn't provided one completion, one catch over 15 yards. Um, he had an up and down fall camp, uh, so like he's a guy Kiffin I think has confidence in, but it hasn't come yet. Um, hopefully, it doesn't come Saturday. Um, 
but it all start it all starts with you know slowing down the run because then you talk about like bluffing and linebackers playing some mind games. You can do that if you have if your front's doing its job and it's getting ball carriers to the ground. Um, Nick, I want to uh, I guess well, what do you want to get into next year? Well, yeah, let's dive into this run game okay. and preface it by the fact that they could be out with three significant pieces in this running game. Uh, starting up front with center Caleb Warren, he had a knee injury and yep. missed like the whole second half and then some change, right? Lucky it against yeah. Tulsa. And then uh, Ulysses, and I forgot Ulysses' last, last name off Bentley. the top of my head. Bentley. Just because Ulysses is such a freaking awesome name. Um, you transfer. Yeah, he uh, he is likely out. Zach Evans is kind of up in the air. Uh, you've had some folks at 24-7 thinking that he's probably out, whereas the guys that own three have said, like, oh, we uh, he might be good to go. So if, It smells like he's not practicing this week. He may wake up, see how he wake, feels on Saturday morning and see if he can go through warm-ups. That's what this smells like to me. So, yeah, he could be out and he's – and he's their best player. I mean, I, I think that's safe to say, Luckett. They're yeah, I mean, their true freshman, Quinshawn Jenkins, has really been a kind of a revelation. Um, I think he's pretty daggone good. Uh, but, yeah, Evans is their most explosive. Like, that is the most explosive guy. Like, we've seen teams hit screens on Kentucky to this point um, and pop some big runs. Evans is the one that scares you. Like, if he got out in the open field, um, he's very, very dangerous. Um, so, not having him – is scary, but I do want to Nick. There's some paper tiger energy with this old Miss team. Hmm. Hmm. Like uh, it was first week of October last year. Nick, Kentucky hosts a Florida team who was four and one in the top or three and one, four and one in the top ten. They had played Alabama close. Everybody was patting them on the back, and they had just rolled up these big. Rushing numbers. Florida entered that game ranking number three nationally um, in running yards per game, over 320 yards per game, which was led everyone that's not a service academy. It's number one in the country in yards per rush. I had an over 51% success rate. Ole Miss is number four in the nation in rushing yards per game. Minnesota is the only power five team, or only non-service academy ahead of them. They're averaging 5.8 yards per rush, which is top ten nationally, uh, over 51% rushing success rate. Florida came in and the reason I thought like Florida had a heavy advantage in that game is I thought Kentucky would have problems slowing down their ground game. But I learned a lesson that day um, that you cannot put too much stock into these big run numbers early in the season, especially um, when teams are doing something new, which Ole Miss is kind of doing new and what Florida did do. Once you get some tape, these good SEC defenses figure it out. And that day in Lexington, Kentucky held Florida to 171 rush yards on 39 attempts, 4.4 yards per carry. 41% success rate, 20.5% stuff rate. So that means 20% of the runs were no gain or negative loss. If Kentucky does something similar on Saturday, like they're winning by double digits. Um, and I think you you could see that. Like I really do think they're going to have a lot of they're going to have success running the ball. I like if you had me bet on something, I would I'd be shocked. Shocked if Florida ran for or excuse me, if Ole Miss ran for like 230, 240 yards. Yeah, and well, especially shocked. especially the way that it's such a point of emphasis on this Kentucky defense. Uh, I, I think if there's anything that worries you, it's the explosive followed by tempo where you get defensive linemen trapped on the field, right? But 
the, even against Tennessee's tempo with a bad with they had a bunch of twos and threes playing, they still held Tennessee to like un, like right at five under five yards per carry, 150 yards. Like it wasn't they in Tennessee busted one long one, I think a 30 yard touchdown. But other than that, it was fine. I just think they they're gonna have a plan. They're gonna figure it out. They got the front. They got the bodies. They got the linebackers. They're gonna stop the and especially if Evans is out because what happens is they just have Judkins really at tailback. They're, they're gonna have to play somebody new at tailback and who knows what that looks like. And you're asking a true freshman a second game in a row to carry the ball. You know he carried 45. 27 times against Tulsa. You're gonna probably ask him to carry the ball 30 times against SEC players too. Yeah, you know, it's um, a little bit different. Yeah, um, yeah. And and this is where you alluded to off the top too, forcing Jackson Dart to to try to beat you, right? Like, that right. that that's the name of this game. Um, it's not just that. Gonna... It's stop the run, then you limit play efficiency of play action, and then if you make him drop back, he's going to so, throw it to you. But he's got there, he's going to throw it to Kentucky, and then they just need to capitalize. So, like, it, here, here's my question to you. Here's my counter. Because I, I, I'm pretty confident in Kentucky stopping the run. However, last week, Northern Illinois – they effectively ran the ball right down Kentucky's throat. And I know that not a lot of people could see it because of the stupid ESPN app, but the Cats got on their heels, and that's one thing a running team, we've seen it with Kentucky over the years, playing with the lead is important. So where is – is that, is that just an energy thing? Like what, what, what's what, what what's the, the – because the, that's really all that's happened is you've given up two long drives to open games, and that's, that's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're probably going to give up another one on Saturday. Like, uh, Kiffin's going to have a script. What I want to see is make them score in 14 plays. Uh, don't do the Tennessee thing where they score 21 points in nine plays off their opening script. Uh, so, yeah, I, 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 Nick, I went back and watched the tape. I didn't think the run defense was terrible. They, they caught them early. Um, Kentucky was comes out lackadaisical. Um, I thought more of an issue was just the pass defense. I didn't think Zion Childress played very well um, when he came in for Asian. They had a couple busts that led to explosive plays. Um, Northern Illinois went, got into heavy sets, 12 personnel, and like snuck out a tight end. Um, and I just think they caught Kentucky by a little bit by surprise. So I was more worried, I would say, about the pass defense. I think Kedron Smith, he made a gamble on one big game yeah, where he comes yeah. inside, outside when he, you know, if you're going to break on that route, he probably needed to be inside the defender. So he broke on the wrong side and it created a big game. If he just plays through the man, it's he forces an incompletion. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I just feel confident in Kentucky's run defense. I, I don't know. I just think the, I think the defensive line is good, solid. I don't think they're great. I think they're solid. I think they're deep. And I think the linebackers are awesome. Um, well, so I think they're going to find a way to slow this down. And I think like they, their safeties can tackle too. Um, specifically Jordan Lovett. And I just, there's a lot there well, I think to like here. And, and that, that was what I was going to add too. Like, I'm just going to keep being negative Nancy to, you know, make you defend your takes uh, here, Adam Luckett. But Ty Asian out, right? He's been – it was a criticism of him early in his career, his inability to step up and make plays against the run. And also J.J. Weaver out. A- Asian too might play, but he did not play last weekend. He's got cast yeah. on his wrist. We don't know how limited he is. Well, but it, are you still confident even if both of those guys are sidelined? I get a little worried if Asian's not out there um, because of just communication with the tempo and all that. They really need him out there. Um, I think he's – as long as he's progressing, I think he's going to play. Uh, we'll see. 
I mean, that's something I'll, I'll be locked in on early. Is he, is he playing just one possession again or what they have to do there? Um, so he worries me. For Weaver, I I just think they, they're probably going to have to play a lot of five DBs this week because of Ole Miss's tempo and spread. And even if they had Weaver, I would guarantee Kiffin it's going to get would have gotten a lot of wide sets to try to get one of those guys out of the box and take advantage of them in coverage. So they were probably going to have to play nickel anyway. What you worry about is like when they get in the red zone, you would want them in to get more stout against the run. And when uh, Wright needs, you know, you don't want Wright playing every snap. You're going to have to need him to play a lot of snaps. And you would worry if they get up to 80, 80, some 80 snaps or so, he's he could be pretty gassed there at the end. Um, well, and and to that point, this is uh, this is where we kind of shift things up. Uh, and start getting into some of what the Kentucky offense needs to do uh, Saturday to, against Ole Miss. There's a lot of like just there's a lot of things that Chris Rodriguez can do to improve this Kentucky football team, and one of them you hit right there on 80, 80 some odd snaps, right? If the defense is on the field a lot, Kentucky's explosive, and that's a very good thing offensively. It can erase a lot of mistakes. But you can score too quick and leave your defense vulnerable. So getting Chris Rodriguez back just to chew up some yards, chew up some clock, I think that's a very unheralded aspect of this. I'm not going to – I don't think I need to put on a – he has to get X amount of yards in order for it to be a successful first time out. If he's just able to get those aggravating yards, not only is it going to make those uh, third downs more manageable, but it's really, really going to help the the defense uh, catch some wind against that tempo. Yeah, I mean, we saw in the Florida game what Mark Stoops wants to do. Right? Get a Get lead, lead, grind it out. Yeah, so that's where <laughs> he's going to be huge in this game. Four-minute offense, obviously, when you need to run the ball. Um, Ole Miss plays a dime-based defense, which their goal is to take away explosive plays, willing to live with death by paper cuts, right? They're willing to give you four or five yards on the ground um, if you want to take advantage of it for Kentucky. It's there as long as the front doesn't whiff on blocks. And so I think they're going to have success on the ground. I think just having Smoke and Rodriguez be your two guys at tailback, I think, is really big this week. Mm-hmm. Like, well, and not, also, like, the drop off's just been big when Smoke's not in there the first yeah. four games. It just has. And McLean was used lightly. He did have a nice couple plays. He did have a night. nice cut on that toss play. Yeah. yeah, nice cut. And then he had a nice uh, catch on that third down where he mm-hmm. was the. Uh, you know, the check down uh, was able to scramble to get that first down. Um, but I also think, too, like they've really talked a lot about his ability to set up runs. And like, and I feel like there's been a, like the most successful runs in my eyes uh, have been their pin and pull scheme because yeah. it's pretty like you got this guy, you got this guy, here's where the hole's supposed to be. Whereas they want to be more outside zone, and that outside zone is really dependent on the running back. Like it's it, a lot of it's on them to find the cutbacks. And look at if you go back and watch Monday Night Football this week, Saquon Barkley, he had whoo, it was the most beautiful outside zone run where they got the momentum shifting wide. And I don't even know if he got wider than where the guard initially lined up. Like he didn't have to stretch that far horizontally before the cutback presented itself. And I just don't think the guys they've had in have been particularly good at finding those cutbacks and also setting them up. And when you set them up, sometimes you're just going to have to push through a wall of bodies to get four yards. And that's another thing that Chris Rodriguez brings to the table. 
yeah, I think this week specifically by design, Ole Miss is um, light on the edges. Um, they're light in the britches. Uh, they're going to play a tight front where kind of you have a nose tackle and then the two ends are going to be kind of head up on the tackles or maybe on the inside eye, inside shoulder. So they're, they're, there's going to – so pin and pull to the outside and outside zone I think will be big this week in the run game. We'll see what right. Chris can bring there, right? Um, toss plays, I think, could be have a lot of success. Uh, we'll see what Chris can bring there. But, yeah, I think for Kentucky to win this game, like, they have to have a good running game. Not great, but they need to get to, like, 150 yards rushing because Ole Miss is just giving it to you um, with the way they play, with the way I think they're going to play. Um, so you got to take advantage of that, and it's going to, I think, it's going to make protection easier when you can establish the run, and it's going to make um, – Third down's more manageable, like well, you, like you alluded to. And and here's the other side of the coin too is how Chris Rodriguez helps the passing game because that's something that we you think of Chris, you think of just like throwing down dudes and then getting hard fought yards. But what you don't think about and th- and this is a stat I really I'm I'm going to have it a post later on this week so you can check it out there. But I know that play, like anecdotally they haven't run play action as much as they did early on in the season because they just. Yeah. They haven't been able to. That boot's been ineffective. That's going to be much more effective. The pass pro, that's going to be much more effective. Like, he's just a bigger body. And then, look, we were standing there on the sidelines at Fan Day when he had that awesome one-handed grab. Like, that was a badass play. There, he should – He's a big part of the offense. Like, (laughs) you know, he's a pretty big deal over there. Like, he was going to be an important cog here, and they've played four games without him. So, he's going to change things. And like I said, I think there was a drop off, and it's just going to be nice to not have that. And he's going to create runs um, with his yard after contact ability. It's just going to, I'm excited to see him. Uh, excited to see what he can do. I hope I muted that. I tried to get to that mute for that sneeze. I don't know if I did or not. I think you, I didn't hear it. Okay, good, good. Man, sometimes you get the sneeze hits you, and like my whole body just feels like it got to exhale. That was outstanding. Uh, shout out to my radio producer Justin, who says he loves sneezing and would sneeze a hundred times a day if he could. But producers, they're the weirdest people, right, Stephen? Yeah, just a bunch of weirdos. Um, That's why they call him the Dingus, <laughs> not Stephen, but your radio producer. Look <laughs> um, it, Nick. I hope you're doing better in PT's picks. I'm leading in PT's. <laughs> picks. I'm 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 using basically the same picks. On pick three and PT's picks of the week, and I'm first in PT's picks of the week. And I'm usually the same. I'm, I'm usually changing like one, right? Like I'll take somebody else's. Like I really liked uh, the Arkansas, so I got to push there. Shout out to yeah. buying a point online. Uh, we'll get to pick three. We'll have that uh, for you to view shortly. But I also flipped from Hawaii to New Mexico State in my personal coffers and did well there. <laughs> so I, I wasn't that confident that bad. I was. Swinging. Oh man. We, we, you know, some stuff. So basically, uh, you're betting the opposite. You're already fade. The fade Roush principle is strong, even in of yourself. You're giving picks already. (laughs) You're you're giving people picks. Say, this is what I would bet on. Then you're betting on the opposite. So, yeah, that's what they'd be doing too. (laughs) They were smart. I will say, I'm going to check it out right now. Like it down in Florida, the money on wasn't worth a whole lot, right? Like it was, it was very light in the hay. But let me check it right now. Like right now, Kentucky's getting seven points and it's plus two ten. Like 
How do you? Where not? is it at seven? Yet it's at Fanduel. I finally got it at DraftKings at seven. It was at six and a half for the longest time. Oh, it's at seven at DraftKings now. I, yeah, I, that is the one thing scaring me about this game because I yeah, do it, not. It doesn't make sense. Four was a good line. That's where I would have said it at um, because you do have to give Ole Miss some respect for handling their business against. Um, Having good a good teams. play caller, right? Like they're at home, you know. Yeah. Like you, you, you give them some benefit of the doubt. But all the line moving that way is, or is this just a logo game, right? Like, is this? Is well, I think uh, if you look up, you know, like you look up Kentucky. You've heard Kentucky can't pass protect, right? Against that, but even in the bad teams, are getting a lot of sacks on them. Um, people very easily talk themselves into like Richardson was hurt. Against Florida, <laughs> um, just be that. Yeah, I think logos gets into it there, um, but yeah, I just yeah, it's the, the line's been surprising to me. Um, the team total for Ole Miss is thirty and a half, and I would take that under. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That I, I don't know. I got in a little, um, I got in a little trouble with that last week betting team total unders I, I felt feisty there and made a last minute wager and that didn't didn't go so well after giving up that opening drive it was a very low number a uh, little risky on my end yeah um, but I just it just that's the one thing scaring me like why I think they set the line right why are they so fast to move it um, yeah I, I just don't don't get it don't quite understand it um other than a ton of money pouring in for for old, old Ronnie rebel um, I want to get back quickly to their defense because um, it is so biz- it's kind of bizarre, right? Like I, I get it against some teams, especially a team like Tennessee, where you've got all those DBs. They're going to have to change it up, right? Like, I mean, especially the way that Kentucky likes to play tight and kind of let the box be crowded up like that. I, I just I just don't know how Brendan Bates is going to just eat some poor little safety's face off. I mean, there's going to be pancakes all over the field if they keep trying to do this. I don't understand where the advantage is if they yeah. stick to that. Let's just, let's draw this out right here. Like, it's essentially a 3-3-3 three, three, three defense with two corners on the outside. So, you got 3D linemen. You got two linebackers and a safety walked up as, like, an overhang defender on either side. And then you got three deep safeties. Um, essentially, the middle safety um, deep is kind of the free runner, like the old school rover mm-hmm. defenses, where he's going to be, he's read and run the entire time, and then he, if he reads pass, he's going to kind of settle down in the middle of the field and play crossers, um, essentially, unless there's like a pressure package or whatever. Um, so for that, um, they, you're giving ground yards, but you're not creating enough. Like this defense became popular at Iowa State because it just it. Got it. Gave air aid teams a lot of issues, um, and it was very good at big play prevention. Uh, and so, like that, that is that is where it's got its popularity now. For Ole Miss, like I, I get why Lane Kiffin likes this defense. He's got an offense he thinks is going to score a lot of points. He just he needs a defense that's going to make teams earn points and not give up a bunch of explosive plays and hopefully force takeaways because they're going to try to confuse your quarterback um, with with the different alignments. And so that that is essentially that that is why you run this defense. But it does like with any defense, it has its weaknesses. Like if you there, there's going to be soft zones you can take advantage of in the middle inter, intermediate parts of the field. Okay, um, big Tavian Robinson game, right? So or tight ends, like, like tight ends up the seam, I think could be huge 
here, especially in play action, because that middle safety is going to bite, and you got two split safeties. You can sneak a tight end up the seam, and then, like I said, attacking the edges um, of the defense. Especially, like if you can run outside zone well, like it can be big for you this week. Here's here's another uh, line of thought uh, because it was something that you know threw our, our boss off guard when he saw the headline. Uh, like when you read, like when you feel it out, it makes sense. But Kentucky's given up 16 sacks. Only Akron and I forget who else have. Uh, That's yeah. <laughs> have given up more and they're like, come on, bring the blitz on. A lot of teams have thrown a lot of stuff at this offense. Look at the Bengals last year. But when they hold up, it, it creates explosives. I mean, three touchdowns Bengals. last at, week were just all right, you're blitzing. Well we're gonna throw it over. Look your at pen. the Bengals last year. Yeah. You so bring pressure. Go ahead. We'll take some hits, but we're gonna we're gonna like it's like a it's like a power hitter in baseball. You can pitch to me. You might strike me out a few times, but I'm going to hit a home. I'm going to hit a home runs enough. I'm going to hit doubles into the gap enough, where we're going to we're going to score on what I when I make contact, and that's kind of the thing here. Um, the, the 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 good the the good and how explosive it is is going to outweigh the bad. And so that that brings me to this point because that's one relatively big unknown because they haven't played anybody yet. Is Ole Miss going to mirror Kentucky's previous opponents? Are they going to? I don't see how they don't in the beginning um, to at least try to make them earn. I mean, we've seen three opponents do it in a row. Um, it's not like Kentucky has lit the scoreboard on fire in those three games. Um, so I think they're going to do it again. And then once Kentucky hits a big play, they're probably going to get out of it and just play their typical um, drop drop seven most of the time, um, drop eight if you uh, – when more times than you probably think they're going to, and then um, have their little pre- their five-man pressure calls uh, where they're twisting linebackers, twisting ends, and stuff like that. Uh, but I do think Ole Miss has some potential, like, good pass rushers. Like, Cedric Johnson's a good pass rusher, number two. Um, Georgia Tech transfer Jared Ivey, number 15, can rush the passer a little bit. J.J. Pegues, Auburn transfer. Um, it's a pretty good interior player. So, like, they're going to they're gonna create some pressure for Levis. It's just going to make sure – that's the danger with this defense. When, when they create pressure and then knowing where all those safeties are um, mm-hmm. and how they're playing, that's 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 the danger. Um, so getting the well, ball out quick I think is going to be big early and really just hitting that play so they have to kind of play more traditionally um, would help. I think Kentucky probably wouldn't hate if they wanted to blitz six every time. They could be without their leading tackles for loss guy, Kari Coleman. Um, he's mm-hmm. probably out. And then – uh, look at I I don't know his name. They just they've called him number three, but their top safety got a targeting Otis in the first half. Oh, that's Otis Reese. Yeah, he's he, kind uh, of their he's their nickel clash overhang defender. Kind of they bring him in the box like he's going to be in the box a lot. He's he's going to get twelve tackles a game. Right. Uh, <laughs> that he, he, clean up all the mistakes in the run game. Having him out that is huge. Uh, that is huge. And I think first half. Yeah, that it gets back to your first half point and. And ultimately, when handicapping this this game, when I just start taking step backs from just just abroad, I mean, we've been getting into the nitty gritty when breaking down this Ole Miss football team, but taking steps back and looking at it from ten thousand feet, it goes back to what Lane Kiffin was saying at SEC media days when he was really sandbagging this crew because there's so much unknown. Eighteen guys in the transfer portal, a lot of them are starting at very important positions. 
there's just a lot more known qualities yeah. with this Kentucky football team than there was with this Ole Miss team. Like I just, I, I, the variance is so much lower. The floor is so much higher with this Kentucky team. Whereas, like, I know things can get a little wonky if you if you start turning the ball over like crazy, right? But if you throw the turnovers or the injuries, like the the big game changing type stuff, all this uh, out the window, Kentucky plays a relatively clean game. I just think they're a far better team. Yeah. First off, there are like Ole Miss has the ingredients of every year we see a team get off the hot start, high ranking, and the bottom falls out, and then you look up, they're five and seven, six and six at the end of the year. I think Ole Miss has those ingredients this year. Shaky quarterback play, very, very run heavy, but that's not going to last against better teams. A defense that overwhelms some bad opponents but has obvious holes, I think. Um, new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. Just a lot yeah. exchange there. Um, and you mentioned take care of the ball. Like against and This may be another reason why the spread is what it is. Kentucky's 2-8 and eight ATS and SEC West Road games. Mm-hmm. Um, they've only scored over 20 points once in these games, Nick, and that was Stoops' first year. 2013. The Jalen Whitlow uh, onside kick it. Uh... Yeah, they lay <laughs> eggs and they they play sloppy. Um, last year, four turnovers at Mississippi State. Can't get the run game going at all. Will Levis doesn't play plays one of his worst games of the year. 2019 total hangover game. So Sawyer or Sawyer Sawyer Smith throws a pick six. First series game's over. Mm-hmm. You know, 2017 go down there and just get thumped by a good Mississippi Mississippi State team. That was hilarious, though, when Vince Merrow was just chewing everybody's ass out while we were yeah. in the media room right next to him. So there was at least one, yeah. one funny moment. 2015, it was the beginning of you know a long losing streak to Mississippi State. 2014, like, get thumped at LSU. Offense never has a prayer. I mean, it's just a long A&M. 2018, offense was just god awful. Dreadful. So bad. And you still almost won the game. So, like, mm-hmm. they're due a good offensive performance here. Uh, they need to play well on offense. Like I think it's a big week for Rich Gangarello. You got your guy back now. It's time to you know they've been a little underwhelming through the first few weeks. That's but Levis is playing really good, so people are kind of ignoring that. Um, and all, he has offensive line, but now it's the time. Like they they need to get going here. Like they need to start going on a run. And this is a big week. Scangarello versus a new play caller. Like he needs to win that head to head matchup. You got the quarterback. You got the running back. And you got good receivers. You need to go put points up on this Ole Miss defense. There's no excuse. Like you need to go and score points mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, I think it's a big week for him. And so, I just need to see how that all shakes out. And it's a great, like, this is the moment for Will Levis. You know, Florida game. You just kind of hung in there. You won it. You you played well, but you didn't go win the game. This feels like a moment. Like, go, go show them why why you're gonna be. While you're pushing for number one pick status, yeah, um, go make the plays. Gonna... You got a full assortment of weapons now. You got a running game. Like go, go show, show, show us why why you are considered a dude by people in the scouting community. McShay will be down there, uh, big time. Really love uh, having McDonough and Todd Blackledge. Like yeah, one it's of a great the most, most underrated just broadcasting crews. Period. I mean, and you're gonna have. This they should have the sky cam, Nick. Oh yeah. So yeah. um, for me personally, I'm gonna get to go back and watch the all 22 of oh, this game, man. which I am very excited about. 
and you're gonna have like all the all the fancy cameras and it's gonna be a very very good broadcast and like remember how they talked up Richardson for the Florida game it's gonna mm-hmm. be like Levis is getting that treatment this week we've already had uh, Chris Rowe wrote a big feature on him on ESPN.com. Yeah. Somebody Levis told us he is gonna he is going to be the broadcast. Yeah. yeah, he is going to be the broadcast. Yeah, so Levis, go make it happen. Go be our next great superstar at quarterback for Kentucky. Look at I'm I'm fired up for this weekend. It's gonna be a little different watching from home. I I'm on baby watch, so I can't be down there in Oxford. But I know that you will be holding. Uh, the torch high for the KSR crew. Uh, you got this. You got this. I will be the one of many KSR people there, but I will be the only one working. I love to. <laughs> Probably have more KSR people at one game, but we'll have fewer people working <laughs> than yeah. ever before. I know. But so everybody else, I'm going to have fun still. But yeah, I'll be. Yeah. Uh, won't have, been, have much as much tailgate fun, and it'll be grinding, but. It's all worth it. Uh, very, very excited, Nick. I think it's just a, I think it's a great opportunity for Kentucky. The way I break the down the game, I just think Kentucky's better. I think they're going to go win. I think there's potential paper tiger here in Ole Miss. I think you look at Kentucky's pass defense. We've seen the ball production, twenty pass breakups, three interceptions. We haven't seen the big interception game yet. We had two at Richardson, but they're due a three, four interception game. Dart has a high PBU INT rate since he started. Like I could see them picking him off three times mm-hmm. if, they, if Ole Miss has to get a little pass happy. Um, and I think Kentucky's going to stop the run, and it becomes they become easier to defend if Evans isn't in there. It just That just is what it is. Become easier to defend if he can't go, even if he's limited. I mean, if he's playing on a hip pointer one week later, that's it's typically like a two-week injury to recover from. Those suck, too, if you've ever yeah. had it's one. It's going to bother him all year, right. They, they suck so bad. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like that and turf toe are like the two most underrated, like, these things don't sound that bad, but they're just the worst thing ever. Yeah, and um, then, you know, you got C-Rod. You should be able to run the ball better this week. Like They ran for, I think, 140 non-sack yards against Florida, right at five yards per. I don't think it's crazy to expect them to get, like, 160, 170 non-sack yards with Rodriguez. They, that's what they probably get at Florida. Mm-hmm. I mean, the sack numbers make it look a lot worse, and that the damn punt snap. You look in the box score, like you're going to look back ten yeah. years and think Florida totally stopped the run when really that wasn't the case. Like they limited to the run, but Kentucky had success on the ground, especially in that second half. Uh, so yeah, I just think there's a lot there. I think Kentucky should go down there and win this game. I really do. Mm. Love that energy, Luckett. Absolutely love it. Um, I've got nothing else left on the game other than Lane. It's it's been a treat. Um, but can't wait to kick your ass. He's due for one. Cats are zero and two. Yeah, that's him. a. I mean, they and they've both been just heartbreakers, like crazy heartbreakers. Too. OT High scoring. Yeah. So you had last year's game or two years game? Excuse me. During the COVID year, we had missed PAT in overtime, and then it was his one year at Tennessee where. Oh no. Was that that wasn't the Randall Cobb game though? Was it? Yeah, they didn't get the ball to Cobb. There's God, no. that one. They were down three or whatever. And that one's tough. Yeah, yeah. yeah so could... and then and then Nick, Ole Miss has beat Kentucky the last two in Lexington, but they were a dog in each. So the dog has won outright in the series. Roll dog. Ooh. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, really, really weird that this they played three in Lexington since they played one in Oxford. 
Yeah. 2011, 2017, 2020. Really weird. Really weird how the schedules work out. Stoops joked about it on the teleconference today. He's like, yeah, I've been to Bama like four times, and I'm just now going to Oxford. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give me a freaking break here. Yeah, so um, I just – it's another – Kentucky or uh, Ole Miss as a home favorite of a touchdown or less under Lane Kiffin, or just a, a regular favorite as a touchdown or less, um, one and four against the spread. Kiffin. Hmm. The only uh, cover was against Tennessee, which really probably should have been a loss last year. <laughs> the mustard game. And then Kentucky in their last five as a dog of seven or less, four and one against the spread, four outright wins. So you, there's trends going Kentucky's favor if you just want to ignore the SEC West um, <laughs> thing. You know, for Kentucky, it's all going to be about getting a run game going and just don't let Levis become a punching bag back there in the pocket when dropbacks. Mm-hmm. Limit the run game and make Jackson Dart beat you. I think that's the winning recipe for the Big Blue this weekend. Well, we've got it cooked up for you. Like it, have a safe trip down to Oxford, as well as all of you all around the Big Blue Nation. Maybe you're listening to us on the way down there. We appreciate you tuning in, whether it's on uh, Apple Podcasts, whether it's on Spotify, whether it's on KSR YouTube channel. We got so much good stuff going up there right now. So make sure you're subscribed to it all. And we'll be back again next week. 411 personnel on Wednesday nights. Until then, go Cats and go Kroger.